Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This friendly Mother's Day reminder is brought to you by 1-800-Flowers.com. Mother's Day is this Sunday. You don't have time to put this off any longer. Head to 1-800-Flowers.com right now. 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on last-minute Mother's Day gifts. From bouquets to sweet surprises, mom deserves the best. Order your gift from 1-800-Flowers before time runs out. To order today, go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ACAST. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash ACAST. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books and cats. So today I want to talk about one of my all-time favorite books, Little Women. It is a classic, and I'm sure many of you have read it too. It was originally written in 1816. The copy I have is from 1915, and it is uh, pretty old and beaten up. I actually posted a picture of it on the Books and Cats podcast Instagram, so you can check it out there. It is very old and uh, very beaten up, or well-loved, as I like to call it. Um, it looked like that when I got it. I actually rescued it from a book sale at a library when I was a kid. So this book actually makes me think about my great-grandmother and one of my favorite childhood memories from when I used to stay with her. Uh, we would always go for long walks. She was a very active woman. Um, and part of our walk would always involve stopping by the library because she lived in an apartment building pretty close to the library. And um, she got me my own library card, and she also let me take out books from anywhere in the library. I wasn't limited to just the kids section, which was awesome because I always love to read and I had a pretty high reading level and I definitely preferred the young adult or adult books over the kid books. She would also just um, like let me go over there and just read in the library which I always thought as a kid was was pretty cool. And I can still, like, like if I close my eyes and think about it, I can still smell what that library smells like. And if you love the smell of old books, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's what my copy of Little Women smells like, too. Another reason this book reminds me of my great-grandmother is that she was always a very loving, kind, very, very homey person. She was a wonderful cook, and everything around her just always felt, like, warm and loving, and she really embodies a lot of the themes that are in this, that are in Little Women. She kind of was my marmy. So I absolutely adore Little Women. So I read this book for the first time when I was a kid, and then I have reread this book so many times. I really like to read it in the wintertime. Uh, there's something just very cozy about it. And it starts with Christmas. So, I mean, that is the absolute perfect time to read Little Women. And uh, that's why I'm talking about it now, because now it's popped back into my head, because it's November. And that's when I start thinking about it and wanting to read it again. So, this story, it is a children's book. And 
it has a lot of nice lessons and kind of morals uh, throughout the book, which, you know, for the time I think was pretty common. And But they're they're written in such a way that it's just, it's all about kindness and love, and they're just really sweet. And um, this book also really focuses on relationships, and it kind of always was what I pictured the ideal family as being. Um, so we have Marmy, who is really the heart of the family. She's the mother. Um, most of the lessons come from her when she's talking to the girls at various times. And she's such a calm and soothing presence. And this is something that I've always wanted to be for my children. And I feel like I manage it sometimes, but I'm really more like Marmy with anxiety and a potty mouth. Um, so then we have the girls, and we have Meg, who is the oldest, and she's always trying to do what is socially right. You know, she's very focused on, well, when she's young, she's very focused on, like, what the fashion is and how, like, you know, I think that's how she feels the lack is that she is not, she can't be like the other girls that she's friends with who have a lot more money and can afford, like, lots of dresses and stuff like that. But she's very sweet, and she's very mellow. And I do like that she really becomes the mini Marmy. You know, she is, she becomes the Marmy for her own children and family really becomes the center of her life. And she's happy with just a simple life. She's not as ambitious as some of her sisters, but she does achieve her goals. And I really think there's something to be said for being a a kind and gentle and thoughtful mother. I mean, I don't think we always give moms enough credit for the amount of work that they do and for the importance of their job of raising little humans. <laughs> so then we have Beth. Beth is shy, like painfully shy, um, and really enjoys the simple pleasures. She also has the saddest moment in this book and possibly any book ever. I cried so hard the first time I read that part of the book, and I've cried every time after when I've reread the book and when I've seen the movies. Even knowing that it's coming, it is still just so upsetting. But at the same time, she was always the peacemaker. In her own peaceful way, she would unify the family and solve conflicts. And she does so even with her death, which... I think is a beautiful end for her character, but my goodness, so upsetting. And then we have Amy. Now, I have to admit that I did not really like Amy when I first read this book. She came off very snobby and bratty and just very focused on being popular and rich, and, and she also seemed to just get whatever she wanted. I see her a little differently now um, with some age and hopefully a little wisdom uh, under my belt. And I see her more as a determined and driven woman, a savvy, business-minded person who managed to get what she wanted in her own way while also staying within society's bounds, which is not an easy thing to do. And she's as strong a female character and almost as strange at times as Joe, which I think is why they have a lot of conflict in their relationship. Um, but somehow she manages to, like, stay inside the rules, which, you know, props to her. Then we have Joe. And Joe is really the hero of this book, um, and my personal hero when I was a kid. 
she's creative and impulsive and she's driven and she's strange. Um, and she doesn't really care what other people think, although sometimes it is painful and upsetting to her. She doesn't really mind because she knows that she is following her truth, I guess. I really idolized her when I was growing up, and I still kind of am following her path if you read into Little Men and, uh, and see how she is as a mother and a teacher. I've kind of continued on the uh, Joe March path, which I can't say I'm sad about. But Joe was always my favorite because she just refused to be told what to do and did things in her own way. But she also, you know, she had kindness in her heart and she was really, she always had the best intentions. And I think some of the most interesting characters are the ones who are good hearted and they try, but sometimes things don't work out the way they want them to. So then we have Lori. Lori was definitely like my first book crush, I think. I have a somewhat secret love of old-timey romances like Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility and Wuthering Heights and Emma, etc., etc. And this one was definitely one of my favorites. When I was young, I didn't understand why Joe rejected Laurie. It seemed like maybe they could have worked it out. But um, now that I'm older and have a less dramatic idea of what true love looks like, uh, I think she absolutely made the right choice. <laughs> And I definitely see that as one of Joe's strongest moments, because to hurt your friend so deeply is... But knowing that that's what you have to do, that's a strong choice, especially in that time period. And then Lori ending up with Amy, I was always kind of like, oh, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, if he had... I find it weird that he, like, had to marry one of the March girls. But if he had to, I guess Amy makes the most sense, because... You know, she wants a she wants a rich man and she wants to travel and do all these things and you know, he can supply that for her and he gets to be a part of the March family. Then there's Frederick. Now, an older German man who is a poor teacher seems like a perfect match for Joe. Um, but I did not think so when I was younger. I always found their romance sweet, but it felt like it was written kind of fast and maybe slapped on at the end. His character does develop a little bit in Little Men and Joe's Boys, but he really doesn't have a lot of depth. A lot of the male characters, other than Lori, um, are not written with a lot of depth, because we also have Mr. March and also Lori's grandfather. And while they're both like very kind and supportive men, and they are important to the plot, um... We don't really get to know a lot about them, and they're not around very often. You know, they can conveniently be sent off for various tasks, too, so that they're not around to be a part of, you know, these these home-based scenes. I just felt like it didn't... Joe didn't necessarily need to have a romantic partner. She did um, to have the family that she wanted, and I understand that, and that it was just the beginning of their story, but... It didn't feel satisfying in some way, but it is what it is, and it works for how many years? <laughs> I guess I just felt like Joe fell in love a little too fast, but I guess when it's right, that's how it happens. So I have also, I love this story so much that I have not only watched, I think, every movie version ever made of it, including the new one with uh, Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan, and I love that one. I also, of course, love Winona Ryder. Her version is also fantastic um, and has Christian Bale in it, which is not bad. 
Um, but I like this story so much that I also directed a play version of it. <laughs> this was back when I was a younger director, um, closer to when I was out of college. And I was trying to bring community theater to the area that I was living in. And um, I thought, who doesn't like Little Women? <laughs> I think a lot of people don't necessarily want to watch the classics the way that I do. I really love classic literature, um, but not everybody does. So we didn't have the best audience numbers, but the people that came really enjoyed it. And it was so much fun to get to really delve into the world of Little Women and the characters. And it was it was a great cast. Like I loved the people that were in that show. It's been a long time, but I still considered some of those people my friends. But yeah, it was just another level of my love for Little Women. Um, there are certain stories that I just feel like I have delved so deeply into them, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, Alice in Wonderland is another, um, which I've also done play versions for. It's really, if I, if I like it enough to do a play version of it, you know that I've really like gone full into it. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, my thoughts on Little Women. I would love to hear any of your thoughts. Um, I'm assuming lots of people have read this book. Um, do you love it? Do you not? If you don't, please tell me why. I'd be very curious to hear. And if you love it, I want to hear why. So now we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. So talking about Little Women got me thinking about pets that are named after characters from books or movies or plays, any of it. Um, my friend has a cat named Marmee, which I absolutely adore as a cat name. I think that is the sweetest possible name. Um, and so then I started thinking, like, how many of my cats I had named after book characters or plays. Surprisingly, I have only named two of my cats after characters from books or plays or movies. I guess it's really more of a movie and a play. I haven't even named a character, or I haven't even named a cat after a book character. I gotta get on that. I guess I need to get a kitten. <laughs> anyway, um, my first was a pure white cat with green eyes, and he was deaf, and I named him Tybalt, Prince of Cats, after Romeo and Juliet, which I also have a total love for Shakespeare, on top of loving all of these, like, classic literature books. I'm a real nerd. <laughs> but yeah, there was Tybalt, the Prince of Cats, and he was uh, probably the, one of the weirdest cats I've ever had. Um, I think partially because he was deaf and partially because he was white. But he was, he was a memorable cat. And he was a prince in his own way. <laughs> and then the other one is one that we have currently, Edweird, but he initially started out as Edward after Edward Scissorhands, um, because his claws are insane. And he's black and fluffy. And then that morphed into Edweird, because he is the weirdest cat I have ever had. I think it's funny that the two cats that I have named after characters are also the two strangest cats I've ever owned. And that they're all black and white. Maybe they're like yin and yang somehow. <laughs> Anyway, do you have a pet that's named after a character from a book, a movie, a play, a TV show? Um, I would love to hear about it. Send me an email, uh, books.cats.pod at gmail.com, 
or you can send me a message on Instagram, books.cats.pod. Yeah, and just let me know. I would love to hear about it, see pictures. And if it's a book or movie or play that I haven't read or seen, I would love to check that out too. I'm always looking for new things. So I got really hopeful the other day. I thought winter had finally arrived in Vermont. Um, We're in the middle of November, and a couple days ago, we had like four inches of snow. And I was so excited. I love snow. I love like how cozy it is with the wood stove on and the snow outside. I just, I love this time of year. And now we are somehow back to it being in the 70s, almost 80s. Um, And it's almost Thanksgiving. So this is some weird weather. And I'm not complaining because I love warm and being outside. But I am also ready for winter and to snuggle up with some good books. Really, my ideal reading situation is when it's winter and you're all cuddled up in your house in my big comfy chair uh, with a nice warm blanket, a cup of tea, and one of my cats on my lap. That is absolute perfection. So I am really looking forward to it. But I'm going to also enjoy this uh, warm, sunny weather while I can. So if you have uh, any thoughts about Little Women, if you want to tell me your favorite reading places or seasons, uh, pets named after characters, thoughts on winter, anything else, send me a message. Um, Let's talk about books. If you really, really love a book and want to share it on the podcast, send me a message. I would love to talk to you about it. And uh, until next time, keep reading.